This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Yeah, I thought I'd start the show off with a pedantic moment. Uh, I want to thank my friend Tim, one of the uh, Minnesota skeptics. He's the one that uh, brought this to my attention. Um, it's for a special reason. Uh, this isn't necessarily my pedantry, although it is something that I am pedantic about. But um, uh, I'll, t- I'll, I'll get to it in a moment here. Uh, it's a, it has to do with Jeopardy, the the game show Jeopardy, but. So before I get into that, we I have to acknowledge that uh, that the longtime host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, uh, had just died recently. Uh, he had pancreatic cancer, and he, uh, well, what I can tell you about pancreatic cancer is uh, it's horrible. Um, it's it's one of those cancers that um, it, that is so bad because it's quite often not found until it's in its late stages and it and it's very difficult to peop, to bring people back from from pancreatic cancer when it's in its late stages it's it's it's, it's very difficult the survival rate is not great and for the amount of surviving time is not terrific um, and Alex Trebek he he seemed to do pretty well um, he, I mean, he 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 survived for quite a while. So it's been at least, I think, a couple of years since I heard that he had the pancreatic cancer. And and judging by how he looks uh, in his later years, he looked like he was in pretty good shape. So if not for the pancreatic cancer, I'm I'm sure he'd be fine. But uh, um, you know, maybe other ailments that old people get. But you know, just like the normal stuff, he looked like he was still in pretty good shape. But uh, anyway, so um, my mother-in-law died from pancreatic cancer, and uh, some, was that seven years ago now? And uh, from diagnosis to when she died was about 11 or 12 days. She, had, she was that far along in it before, we, you know, before they found out what it was that was wrong with her. I mean, she was so busy taking care of my father-in-law that she just wasn't really taking care of herself. And uh, on one visit to the uh, to the, the the doctor's office, which was actually in a small hospital up near where they were living, 
I, I don't I can't remember the story exactly how it was because I'm still a little confused. Either my father-in-law said take a look at my wife, or somebody at the at the hospital saw her and said we have to take a look at you, dear. However it was, she ended up being getting examined. They uh, took an X-ray uh, and in or maybe a series of X-rays. I'm not sure, but in one of them they saw that there was some kind of growth between the liver and the pancreas, and they, they that that bothered them and because they were a small hospital they didn't quite have the facilities to deal with stuff they transferred her down to Minneapolis my brother-in-law called and talked to Amy and Amy uh, told me what was going on she says I have to go down there and I said yes you do and so she got everything ready and she she went and stayed with her mom through those last days through the whole process uh, and her mom uh, died in, in, in my wife's arms when it happened. Oh my goodness. I think about that every now and then when I got the word from, from Amy and I said, okay, I called my dad. I said, dad, can you come over and watch Hayden? I got to go to the hospital and, and be with Amy. And um, when I got there, she was just, oof, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. So pancreatic cancer is a nasty, nasty thing. And it finally, uh, I'm assuming that's finally what uh, Alex Trebek died of. Uh, and here's this little, and other people have been pointing it out, this little bit of irony is that Alex Trebek died just a few days after Sean Connery died. And for, I would say, at least a couple generations of Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live viewers, there's, there, you know, Alex Trebek and Sean Connery are inextricably linked because of a series of skits uh, doing a spoof on Celebrity Jeopardy, uh, with Will Will Ferrell playing Alex Trebek in in a pretty straight role for Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell usually got more of the outlandish parts and or just a little more screwbally and that kind of thing, but he was very straight as uh, Alex Trebek. And then Daryl Hammond would play Sean Connery, and Sean Connery was always the constant character other than Alex, of course, within these skits. And then they'd have other two other celebrities, sometimes three, uh, other celebrities that, and they were all just dumb, and they couldn't get anything right, and just frustrated the hell out of Alex. And and uh, Connery would would bully uh, Trebek, and it'd be very, very funny in how he did it, and it's a lot of sex innuendo about Trebek's mother. That's not what your mother said last night, Alex. You know, <laughs> I'll take swords for <laughs> that's s words. It just was great, and so you know they are linked. And then the fact that they died within days of each other is just one of those neat little ironies, one of those neat little coincidences that's just kind of fun. You know, if you can have fun with people dying. Okay, so the the pedant, the pedantic moment. Let's get to it. Um, my friend Tim sent me this this clip uh, that is that shows a three-way tie on Jeopardy, a three-way tie for last, which is actually the name of an album by the '80s band, the Minutemen. Uh, they had an album that came out in 1985, shortly before the uh, lead singer of the band, D. Boone, that died in a in a in a van accident. Um, anyway, so uh, the Minutemen had this album called Three Way Tie for Last. And so that just came to mind. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so the clip 
uh, shows the uh, you know it shows the final Jeopardy piece, and I will put this on the show notes page. Just go to dimland.com, click on the show notes, you'll get to my show notes. It shows um, the three contestants doing final Jeopardy, and you know, and you know how Jeopardy works. You, you have to respond in a question because you're given the answer. You have to figure out what the question is, right? That's the that's the conceit. And uh, actually, that was an idea that came up uh, uh, that uh, Merv Griffin's wife came up with. And Merv Griffin was uh, he did he produced a, a few game shows, and so he. Needs, that sounds like a good idea. Let's work, you know. And he, I don't know, he produced Jeopardy. And, he, and the first host was Art Fleming. I don't remember when the show first came out, but it was on the air for quite a while. Then it went away, and then they brought it back, and Alex Trebek was the host. And this was sometime in the 80s that they brought it back, I think. And so Alex has been the host ever since. Well, Alex is so dedicated to the show, he, you know, I think... I think there are still shows airing. Uh, to uh, when I record this, there's still shows airing that he recorded before he died. I think he rec- he uh, did shows up to like two weeks before he died. So there's still like thirty. At that point, there was like thirty shows in the can. So they're still showing them. And we're looking at somebody. It, that's that's got to be weird <laughs> to, to to know that you're watching somebody uh, just um, a few weeks before they died. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, sniffly and croaky, so bear with me. <clears throat> uh, so they, they get to the final Jeopardy on this particular episode, which must have taken place early on because Alex didn't have the white hair and he had his mustache. He had black hair with a little gray in it, but he had, he had the mustache. And uh, uh, so they... Um, you know how it works. You know they give them the category, then they give them the uh, the the answer, and then they have to come up with a question, and then they wager how much of what they've won thus far, uh, and if they get if they get the uh, if they get it right, they they win that much more money, and the one with the most wins the show, and it gets to come back the next the next show. Well, what happened was they all got the answer wrong. And all of them went all in. They bet. They bet all their money, <laughs> and so they all ended up with zero. And I was curious. Well, what do they do when everybody ends up with zero? With the three-way tie for last, what do they do? Well, what they do is they they say goodbye. You get parting gifts, and you're off. And we get three new contestants for the next show. And it has happened since this episode. Uh, it has happened since where. All three contestants got the wrong answer and ended up with zero money and had to go. Uh, and it has happened where they all tied with the most, you know, with the same amount of money, getting the correct answer and and tied up with the the same amount of money, and and they all get to come back the next show. I was curious as to how that went, and I just found more stuff on uh, on, on on YouTube to find all this. Well. <clears throat> Here's why. Uh, here's why the, the the pedantry. Here's where the pedantry comes in. The category was calendars or calendar, and the the correct uh, the answer was 
calendar date with which the 20th century began? That was the answer. So they were supposed to come up with the question. So uh, each one of them answered the, the question incorrectly or stated the question incorrectly the same way. They all got the incorrect response. They all answered the question with uh, what is January 1, 1900? Yeah, this brings me back. Oh, this brings me back to 1999 when I was just railing against this, this notion that the new millennium was going to start. On, you know, when midnight of December 31st, 1999 came, the ball comes down and it switches over to 2000. We are in the new century. We're in the new millennium. And I said, no, we still have another year to go. Yeah, I mean, think of it. Now, I'm not going to go through all the arguments, but think of it. You've got the 20th century, right? 20 centuries. You should have a 20 at the beginning of the number, shouldn't you? You see, for 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 uh, 99 of the years of a century, you have, you know, it, at least the, the the 20th century. For 99 of those years, there was a 19 at the front of the number. You, you, and and you, we call it the 20th century. It didn't make sense to me. And when I was a kid, I was like, that doesn't make sense. But then I learned along the way that. Well, we call it the 20th century because we are in the 20th century, and once we get to the year 2000 and that year comes to an end, we will have ended the 20th century. And so January 1st, 2001, starts the new century. And, you know, and there's other ways of going about talking about it. You know, I've, I've often said to somebody, you know, who, who says, no, no, that's not how it works. And I say, okay, count to 10 for me. And they say one, I say, stop. Why did you start at 1? Because the way you count, you should have started at 0 and ended at 9. You count 1 to 10. Right? And I know nobody likes a math geek, Skelly, but uh, come on. <laughs> and so it just would drive me crazy. It's not the new millennium. It's not the new century. We still have another year to go. And Jeopardy is on my side. <laughs> there it is. The, and so this, this, the show comes to an end. Everybody zeroes out. Alex is a little flummoxed by it. And he says, well, you know what this means. Everybody gets, uh, you know, consolation gifts. But we'll have three new contestants tomorrow. And he starts to sign off the show. And he, the people in the audience say, well, because he, he was so flummoxed by this response, by this, this result, that he forgot to give the correct question. So the, the audience starts saying, well, what's the answer? What's the answer? And he says, oh, the, well, the question is, the correct question is, what is January 1st, 1901? See? Jeopardy knows. Jeopardy knows how to count centuries. Now, there is a difference when we're talking about decades. Not, I mean, technically, the ninth decade of the 20th century ended when 1990 ended. So that means from 1981 to 
1990, that's the ninth decade of the 20th century. But the 80s are from 1980 to 1989. Because 80 is in the, you know, those are the 80s. But it's the ninth decade, so the ninth decade had one more year to go. The eighth decade ended in 1980, but 71 through 79 are part of that eighth decade. You just have to, you see, you get it? <laughs> so I was so, I was so enthused <laughs> when I said, when Jeopardy had my back, before I even knew it, they, they had my back. So as I said, they did have a, a show, and I, and I, I think there, there was a show where they did a, um, they had to do a tiebreaker, uh, which that doesn't happen very often. It might have been only once. Uh, they did have the, the show um, where they all tied with the same amount of money, um, and all three came back, and that was in uh, March of uh, 2007. And so they, this is the stuff you can find on, uh, on the YouTube. Um, anyway, I'm going to take my break. That was a bit of fun. That was a bit of fun. Uh, a nice pedantic moment to start the show. So uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back with something that's not as fun. Sorry. Now the corporation stops. In a multiple shooting Downtown at the bank Reluctantly the panic Begins to catch fire But it did not affect Get him some Z's Get him some Z's Get him some Z's Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up Listen to Z Talk Radio On ZTalkRadio.com Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on ZTalk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, <clears throat> well, the uh, the clown coup attempt or Donald's or Donald Trump's war on democracy continues, however you want to call it. Now, I'm not a political scientist. I'm not an expert in this kind of stuff. But I want to try and bring a little skepticism to this. 
uh, into these attempts. I talked about it last week about how some these lawsuits that are going on. There's been a couple of dozen lawsuits or more than that. Something like 30 some of them and maybe two of them have gone Trump's way but didn't go his way in 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 any uh uh any way to change the election. It just was in Pennsylvania, one of the cases it's you know, it was established that it should be 6 days you know, uh, mail-in ballots postmarked by election day can be counted up to six days after the election, not nine. So that was a victory for him, but that didn't change anything. And there was some other, you know, about letting the observers get a little closer when watching the the, uh, the voting. But again, that doesn't change anything in the outcome. Uh <clears throat> But you know, I've been watching this, uh, this stuff. That Rudy Giuliani, who, by the way, his son has been diagnosed with the COVID, so Giuliani is now quarantining. And uh, Don, uh, President Trump's son, Donald Jr., has also been uh, tested positive with the COVID, and he is now isolating. They can't even keep themselves safe. So, so the, anyway, so uh, the the attempt to steal the election, and that's what they're doing. This is an attempted coup. It's just that they're too it, they're just too incompetent to be able to pull it off. And in the courts, you know, it, Giuliani says fraud, 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 fraud when he's talking publicly. When he's in the courtroom, under oath, being held to the standards of the of the bar, with a judge looking at him. He says, well, this case isn't about fraud. This isn't a fraud case. Come on. So then they had this little shit show press conference where we've got all this evidence, which they never show. They just talk about how much evidence they got. Okay, well, let's see it. Where is it? Well, we can't show you. Can't show you this evidence. Why not? Well, because... You know, we don't want the people who did these affidavits, and affidavits aren't necessarily evidence, but we don't want these people that did, you know, that partake in these affidavits, we don't want them have, uh, you know, their lives threatened. Oh, you mean like uh, those that are standing up against you are having their lives threatened by Trumpers? You mean like them? You mean like the, you know, the guy that's uh, in Pennsylvania? The, in, in charge, the Republican fellow who's in charge of the election counting there? I think it's the Secretary of State. He, he's been getting death threats? You mean like him? <clears throat> anyway. So they hold this press conference in which Giuliani, you know, it's his hair, he can do what he wants, but his hair dye started to run, because he was sweating so damn much, started running down his cheeks. I, I, I can't imagine him watching the, his performance there thinking, yeah, I nailed that. Not feeling somewhat embarrassed about you know, my hair dye started started going down, or it's just. But he, again, they keep talking, they keep claiming that they have all this evidence, but they don't have any evidence. They get they're they're getting bounced out of court, or the law firms that are going to they're dropping. You know, Trump's campaign lawyers are dropping their own suits because they know it's not working, and 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 they're quitting, they're leaving because this is this is a ship that's sinking, and they don't want to be on it. So Giuliani, he doesn't care. 
I mean, this is so sad. This is a guy who received praise earlier this century. He was America's mayor. His, his handling of, of, of guiding New York City through the, through the aftermath of the terrorist attacks in 9-11 won him praise from both sides of the aisle. Super liberal Dave Letterman, when he came back to do The Late Show, he said part of the reason he's able to come back to do The Late Show is because of Rudy Giuliani, because of the leadership he showed. So Giuliani had it in him. He rose to the occasion at least once. And then what the hell happened? He's tied himself to the crazy train that is Donald Trump. So fearless leader, you know, it's all conspiracy theory now. And the most conspiracy of the conspiracy theories that they're, they're floating, at least in my estimation, and here's where the skepticism comes in. At this press conference... Uh, you know, Miss Tinfo Tinfoil Hat 2020, Sidney Powell comes up there and she starts claiming that these Dominion machines, this this Dominion software, voting system software, that you know when the vote gets put in there and it's it, when it's it's it, it, it's it's scanned electronically and it's and this the software then can can kick over uh, <clears throat> a certain number of votes from Trump to Biden. Excuse me, I gotta take a sip. From Trump to to Biden, he kicks those over. It's funny though that those that Dominion stuff only benefited Biden. It didn't kick over Senate votes from Republicans to Democrats, and it didn't kick over House votes from Republicans to Democrats, because the Republicans gained seats in the House almost a dozen. And the, and and even though the one Democrat picked, there was one seat picked up by a Democrat in the Senate. There's a runoff going on in January, where it's possible that the two Democrats, there's two seats open, the two Democrats could win, and that would for put a tie essentially to the Senate, which would mean that would benefit the Democrats because Kamala Harris. Who would be who will be vice president? She will be vice president. She would also be the president of the Senate, which would mean that if there's a tie, she would come down and break the tie, and that benefits the Democrats. So, this cheating, which is a, a point I've made with my Trumper friends, is this, this cheating only benefited Biden? Why? What, it, where? What happened to the blue wave? What happened to the blue wave? Most of us were expecting. They were talking about in the Senate. There was a possibility that the the the, the best case scenario for the Democrats was that they were, they were going to get a supermajority. They were going to get sixty senators in there. But that didn't happen, right, Kitty? Now my cat came over. So, <clears throat> Miss Tinfoil Hat Twenty Twenty, she gets up there to do her little bit. And her claim is that uh, there's uh, there's influence from Venezuela and Cuba and possibly China. Hugo Chavez, Hugo Chavez, the dictator of Venezuela, who died like what seven years ago, but he he was behind this Dominion this this software. And there's one they have a they have one really solid good witness that will say how Chavez had this software made so so that he could make it so that all the votes would all go the way he wanted them to go. Right, so they're using the same stuff here in in the states. 
to steal the election for Joe Biden. So it's just some electronic thing. It's some, you know, that's what it is. But the thing is, and then, and then she claims that this happened in, you know, all over the country, including in Georgia. Georgia just completed a recount that was done by hand. Now, here's where the skepticism comes in. Uh, okay, let's say that there was some electronic malfeasance taking place with this Dominion thing. And the votes were being flipped from Biden over to Trump. Or from Trump over to Biden. Let's get it right. They were being flipped from Trump to Biden. Why didn't the hand recount confirm that? Because what happened after the hand recount was the Biden's lead did narrow a little, but he still had a lead. The state has been or will be certified for Biden. It's just... It's, it's just sad you know, what we're seeing happening to our, our democracy here. Or at least what's attempting to be done to our democracy. Uh, I, just, I just saw this on uh, CNN. Um, seven Michigan legislators, Republicans, were invited to the White House. And Trump tried to intimidate them into uh, selecting electors for their state that would vote for Trump, thereby throwing out the the will of the people of Michigan. You know, Biden won Michigan by over a hundred thousand votes, well over a hundred thousand votes. And so he, so Trump's trying to intimidate these 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 Michigan legislators, Republicans. And then the, the, I'll I'll link to it, but the, the CNN says that there was some uh, they put out a, a, a statement. These, these legislators saying, essentially, we'll not be intimidated. You know, Biden won the state. The person who won, won. And they're not going to select electors that they're, they're going to circumvent the democracy. It's just... Fearless loser just can't handle it. And I'll, 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 I'll say what my dad said about him. Well, my dad... He could stop by today. He says, that son of a bitch is just pissing me off. That's my dad. My dad's pretty much been a lifelong Democrat anyway. He's a union man and all that. But, oh boy. So, you know, let's hope that, uh, let's hope that sanity reigns. Because it will. It will be Joe Biden that will be president. The problem here, the, the main problem that, that I've been hearing about is that without a, a smooth transition, some problems can happen. There can be, you know, it, it, it was said that um, it's possible that the, con the contentious election of, two, of the year 2000, in which... It just boiled down to one state. It wasn't half a dozen states like the like Trump is trying to do now. But Al Gore said, "Look, there's this one state, Florida. The difference in votes is like 530 votes, something like that. That Bush got more of. And you know, he. I mean, Gore at least had a had a case. He, you know, to to try 
You can understand, looking back in hindsight, you can understand. Because it's that, that slim of a margin when you compare it to the, the amount of popular vote, more votes that he got than Bush got. And it was only like half a million. Half a million votes. Hillary Clinton got almost three million more votes than Trump, but she lost the Electoral College. And it took her until the next morning to concede, but she did. This time, Biden's leading by almost six million votes. Six million! And he has a clear electoral victory. And it's just mind-boggling what Trump is doing. He's, he's trying to de destroy our dem democracy because he doesn't want to be a loser. Right, Kitty? Well, he's a loser. Okay, so... Yeah. It will, it will, they will certify these votes around the country. The certification is going to happen. The electors are going to pick Biden, and it's, 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 Biden's won. And it's, at some point, more Republicans have to start standing up and saying, let's stop this nonsense. And I think they're kind of, I think they're hanging on to see what happens in, in Georgia when the, uh, when the runoff election goes on there in January. I think that's what they're holding on to. They're just waiting. But I think, I don't know. I just don't know. But I do know that I'm going to take my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, and uh, I'll return after this break. Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Oh, Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Ah. Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living. 
welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I'm going to do something a, a cool thing right now. I'm going to talk about a cool thing. Now, this is a little bit of an old cool thing because this article is from 1997. But I just learned about this. Um, I was watching stuff on YouTube. Uh, there's a, a YouTuber named Arn Ra. Uh, he's a he's a very outspoken atheist, and he 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 does a lot of presentations on his on his YouTube channel. Of uh, he refutes claims by creationists when it comes to evolution. He he refutes their claims about God and and all this. You know, uses logic and science and skepticism and all that kind of stuff. I think he's really cool. He looks like he could be a Satanist. He has a look to him, but he's great. You know, I mean, he looks like, you know, he's got the, he's just, he looks, he's great. I think he's really smart. I think he presents his arguments fantastically. And it's, it's just really well done stuff. And he mentioned something that I went, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to look that up. So I found it. It's right here on this piece of paper that I printed out at work today. Uh, this is from The Independent, which is uh, a newspaper or news website from the UK. And uh, the headline is, Family Link That Reaches Back 300 Generations to a Cheddar Cave. Cheddar being an area in, in England somewhere. Um, <clears throat> this was written by Charles, uh, Charles Arthur. Charles Arthur, he's the science editor, or at least he was, back in uh, March of 1997. Uh, let's see, I'm just going to read from the article here. Adrian Target visited a home of a close relative yesterday. Eh, not that close, but you'll understand in a moment. He had to put on his Wellington boots because the floor is muddy. The relative was not in. Hardly surprising, he died 9,000 years ago. See, he's not that close of a relative. The guy died 9,000 years ago. See, that's it's you know, he's a science writer. He's not a comedian. <clears throat> but there's no doubt, Mr. Target, uh, Target, a 42-year-old history teacher in Cheddar, Somerset, has been shown by DNA tests to be a direct descendant by his mother's line of Cheddar Man, the oldest complete skeleton ever found in Britain, and now also the world's most distant confirmed relative. Even the royal family can trace its can only trace its heritage back to King Egbert, who ruled from well he was king of Wessex. Now I don't know English history. Sorry, I don't know British history. I I I, I don't. I'm an American. I I know ours a little bit. I don't know anybody else's. But um, uh, according to Wikipedia, King Egbert was the king of Wessex, which is a area of of Great Britain. From uh, eighteen, oh, no, from eight, eight oh two. That would be CE to eight thirty nine CE. But he was also king of Mercia from eight twenty nine CE to eight thirty CE for just a year. And I think Mercia might have been considered most of England at that point. It's like seven counties or something. I I I, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody from England. Let me know. Uh, but anyway, by contrast, Cheddarman, a hunter-gatherer who predated the arrival of farming, lived in uh, 
7150 BCE. The news caught everyone by surprise. Mr. Target's wife, Catherine, said, This is all a bit of a surprise, but maybe this explains why he likes his steaks rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The discovery came about during tests performed as part of a television series on archaeology in Somerset, Once Upon a Time in the West, to, show, um, uh, to be shown later this year in 1997. Uh, DNA found in the pulp cavity of one of Cheddarman's molar teeth was tested at Oxford University's Institute of Molecular Medicine and then compared with that of 20 people locally. Those families were known to have been living in the area for some generations. To make up the numbers, Mr. Target, an only child who has no children, joined in. But the match was unequivocal. Une yeah, unequivocal. I said that right. Uh, the two men have a common maternal ancestor. The mito mitochondrial DNA, which is inherited from the egg, confirmed it. Yeah, mitochondrial DNA passes down through the mother. I'm absolutely overwhelmed, Mr. Target said on hearing of the match. It is very strange news to receive. I'm not sure how I feel at the moment. His pupils were delighted. He's never had a nickname until now, said one 16-year-old with relish. Uh, they don't tell us what the nickname is. It's not the best reporting. And so were scientists. The finding could provide a key to the debate about the process by which early humans settled down to an agricultural life. Cheddar Man was discovered in 1903, 20 meters inside Gao's Cave, which is the largest of 100 caverns in Cheddar Gorge, Britain's prime site for Paleolithic human remains. He had been buried alone in a chamber near the mouth of, the, of a deep cave, about 1,000 years before hunter-gathering began to give way to farming. Visiting the site, Mr. Target said, I'm glad I don't live down here. It's very dark, dank, and dismal. I have been down here before, but of course I never dreamed I was standing in my ancestor's home. Uh, let's see. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's it for that, <laughs> that story. Uh, so, they matched him up to a skeleton, to a complete skeleton found in Great Britain that dates back to 9,000 years ago. They find this, and then they, they can get the DNA. Because it's not fossils, it's actual bone. They can find some DNA in there, and they matched it up to... And mitochondrial DNA uh, is the kind of DNA that, uh, that lasts better. It lasts longer. It's, it's, a, it's a stronger form of DNA, I guess. And they were able to match it up to this guy. And that is just, that's just awesome. <laughs> you know, I wonder if, if Mr. Target asked about uh, if maybe a Cheddar Man left a will. See, that's a joke I made there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke. You know what bothers me? Have you, this, this part of it doesn't bother me. Have you, have you guys... You probably don't watch television ads much, but you know when I'm watching sporting events, I don't flip the channel generally when it goes to commercial break. So I do get to see commercials, and 
Progressive Insurance has some of the better commercials out there. The ones that I, I enjoy, I find they're, them funny. And they've been doing a, a campaign that is, uh, it's about how um, uh, younger people, not young, young, young people, but, you know, first-time homeowner, homeowner people, when they buy a house, they start to become their parents. They start to act like their parents. And this has been an ad campaign that they've been using for a while, and they've uh, come up with a little a new wrinkle to it. They have this fellow called Dr. Rick, and he works for Parent to Life, and he's a life coach, and he's counseling these people on how to not to turn into their parents. And so he has some, you know, we, we see some of these ads where he's, uh, um, he'll, uh, he, he takes them, uh, you know, like, oh, well, there's one ad where he's, he goes to the home of, of, of one of these new homeowners and he's explaining to them that there's way too many pillows on this couch. You, you can't use the couch. You, you have to remove, and he takes pillows off the couch and, and the, and the, and the person that he's showing this is, she's a little upset by that, but he says, you see, now you can sit on the couch. You know, it's it, things like that. And they'll take them out to stores and, uh, uh, he, they go out to a, like a hardware store, and he's standing between two of these people that he's counseling, and some younger person walks by with uh, with bright blue hair, and he walks by, and the two people being counseled see this guy, and they're 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 trying not to say anything, and the counselors, you know, Doctor Rick is standing by. We all see him, we all see it, we all see it, and then they say blue hair, blue. he's got blue hair, you know, see all like things like that. And then there's one little segment in which he's walking along with, uh, with three of his students, if you will, and there's one trailing behind them, and she is talking on her cell phone with it on speakerphone. And he stops them, and he says, so we're using speakerphone in a store. Is that a good idea? This is what bothers me. <laughs> I have been seeing this. Now they must, I should ask them, did you just buy a house by chance? Three times at the grocery store. Three times, three separate times. Different people each time. They are walking through the aisles. They've got they, they've got their one arm against their sides, the elbow against the side, and then their forearm up at about a 45-degree angle with their phone resting in their hand, and they're talking. And you can hear a voice come over the speakerphone, and they might be asking, should I pick up this? Do I get that? You know what I do when I'm in the grocery store and I want to ask my wife a question? I text. Yeah, I know this is the guy that had a flip phone for a long-ass time. But now that I don't have a flip phone, I have something and I'm able to text. That's what I do. I don't walk through the aisles talking on my phone on speakerphone. So that's three times. And that's within the last month. Right? The other morning... Last week, I was getting to the office uh, in the morning, and I was you know, walking up to the door, and I can hear, I first hear 
the sound of the voice through the speakerphone. And I turn and look, and there's a guy with that arm crooked by his side with the phone there walking his dog. I just, I, I looked at him like, seriously? But that's not the worst of it. No, 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 no. Earlier, that same morning, while I was on the way to work, I stopped at Walgreens. And I walked, I walk into the store. And I can hear someone talking. It takes a moment or two to register what I'm hearing. I'm hearing someone talking on their speakerphone. It's an employee. In the photo center, I look over and I see her standing there, arm by the side, elbow right along the side, 45 degree angle, phone in the hand, and they are having an argument with whomever is on the other end. And I sometimes hear the voice on the speaker, but for the most part I'm hearing, you can't be that way with me. You can't do that kind of stuff. I know, I know, it's like, and I'm, I just, what the hell is going on? Now, I don't say anything, of course. It's the Minnesota way. I get my stuff. I go to the front cat register, and the, the nice uh, older lady that works there in the morning, she's there. She says, how are you doing this morning? And I said, well, I'm better than somebody else is doing. And she says, I know, 45 minutes. Where's the manager? <laughs> Should I be a Kevin? I guess a Kevin is the male equivalent to a Karen. <clears throat> I don't know. I, should I just, what are you doing? I, I thought of this later. I should have walked over to the counter at the photo center and just stood there looking at her. Can I help you? No, no, I'm just listening to your conversation because apparently you don't care about people knowing your business. How about going back to the break room, closing the door, settling this, and then coming back to work? How about doing that? I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. And I was at the store the other day. I was at a Target the other day. Now, this woman was not on a, uh, she was not on speakerphone. I'll give her that. But she was on her phone. And she was speaking loudly. And she's talking about, well, they were broken up over there. But now that they've moved over here to Minnesota, they're back together. But I think they're breaking up again. And it's like, really, lady? <laughs> and she's, she's moving her cart along. And in the cart, she has her kid, who's about four and I walk by, hearing this bit of the conversation. And as I get past her, I hear her say to her four-year-old in the cart, I'm on the phone! And it, 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 it took a, a, a lot for me to not do this. <laughs> but I thought of it. I should have turned around. I, I thought about just turning around and saying, Yeah, lady, we all know. Do they have no shame? Have they no sense of place? Have they no humility? Do they not feel any embarrassment? What the hell is your problem? You're a menace. I mean, it's bad enough for normal Americans to do it, but for Minnesotans? <laughs> we don't want people knowing our stuff. <clears throat> the other day on Facebook, I shared a... a a picture uh, that was of a, uh, I assumed to be a deer hunter. Uh, well, there was some text in the picture that 
mentioned deer hunting, I believe. No, just it's a hunter. Yeah, oh yeah, there is. Okay, yeah, I'll get to it. It's a picture of a guy that's uh, um, covered head to toe. Well, I'm assuming it's head to toe because the picture just goes down to his waist. But he's got camouflage all over him. He's wearing goggle-type sunglasses. But he's got a real tight hat, you know, skull cap kind of thing that's camouflage. He's got a jacket with a hood that's camouflage. And he's got a face covering, a big mask from, from just under his glasses, up under the hat. His entire face is covered. And the text on the picture that somebody put together that I shared, it says, You can wear this covered in deer piss for eight hours, but you can't wear a mask to a store. Yeah, I'm back to COVID now. COVID is just is going crazy these days. We've told our son that we're not letting him go be with his friends for the time being. That's done. We're a little too worried about things. I'm just now feeling less nervous about visiting my sister and her husband and going to a restaurant and then going to her house. And, you know, we wore masks sort of at the restaurant, but we're eating. You can't wear a mask when you're eating. So I, you know, they were doing okay as far as being careful about masks with their employees and everything, but still. And so a week later, I asked my sister how she and her husband were doing. She says, we're fine. I said, well, I'm nervous about this. Well, now it's it's been more than a couple of weeks. I think I can start to breathe easy. But I, I did not feel comfortable about that, especially the more I thought of it after the, the moment, after, after it happened. So I share this image on my page. And a, a friend of mine from high school starts to go on about how the masks are meant, you know, that's going to be a law soon, and it's meant to control us. And I told him, I said, you know, I said, there are other laws that are meant to control you, you know, you stopping at red lights and stop signs, uh, you know, speed limits, um, you know, wearing clothes when you go out in public, uh, not being able to burn your own house down, uh, needing a license to drive a car, to fly a plane, to be a doctor, to practice law. These are all laws meant to control us, but you don't, you, know, you don't seem to care about those, right? And I'll tell you something else. You know which laws on the books here in the United States, you know which ones are meant to control people's behavior? You know which laws? All of them. All of the laws are meant to control us. Even corporate law. Even those laws which control corporations. Corporations are run by people. Corporations don't run themselves. So the laws are meant to control the behavior of the people who live here. All of them. All of the laws, all of the people. So we got into this conversation about masks. Now, he veered it off very quickly into Antifa and Black Lives Matter and notice how the right-wingers, you know, the, the conservatives are being very, you know, they're not rioting. They're not rioting yet, but the Proud Boys are standing by. So I wrote a response to him, um, a lengthy one, and I, I've adopted it, adapted it, adopted. I've, I've adjusted it a little bit to read to you here. Um, I might turn this into a blog. We'll see. Uh, I, I titled it, To Promote the General Welfare. Because I mentioned that to him, too. It's part of the Constitution. But he says, no, it's to control us, the wearing the masks. 
he told me that his fam- he and his entire family all had the COVID and they've all recovered and they're fine. All right, so I start with this. I'm glad to hear your family has recovered from the COVID. I hope there is no reinfection. Let's take one thing off the table for this thread. The original post addresses the apparent hypocrisy of those hunters who can cover themselves head to toe, including their faces, and do so for hours at a time when deer hunting, but when it comes to wearing a mask to go to the grocery store in order to protect themselves and their neighbors from a highly infectious disease, that is a bridge too far. This thread should not be about civil unrest, socialism, whatever. That was a non sequitur that took the topic, uh, took the thread off topic. Let's focus on masks. Masks work. I have posted about this before on Facebook. Masks keep the large droplets that come from our mouths and noses when we cough, sneeze, talk, yawn, breathe, etc., away from others. It is in those droplets where the virus can be found. The thing about COVID is people can have it and feel fine and spread it around. This is why we should all wear masks in public. We don't know that we aren't carrying the virus, so we should act as though we are. This is to protect others. And this is something that boggles my mind. If you saw your neighbor being attacked by a dog, wouldn't you try to save them? Wearing a mask can save that neighbor from this virus. Saving someone from a dog is doable for you, but wearing a mask isn't. The dog can bite you. The mask can't. Another head-scratcher is the fact that many of the people refusing to wear masks are veterans. They were willing to lay down their lives for strangers, but wearing a mask at the Home Depot is somehow an affront to their rights? Now, he also mentioned in his debate with me, he said, there's a 99% survival rate with this COVID. All right? So I address that here. And that 99% survival rate you mentioned is just referring to those that don't die from COVID. That doesn't mean that the 99% have all recovered back to their pre-COVID norms. Most will, but a sizable percentage of people who get it will develop problems with their lungs and or hearts. They could suffer neurological damage. And those who, who have those complications, many will take weeks, months, or even years to recover. Some might be afflicted for the rest of their lives. He also brought up the fact that being isolated brings on depression. There's more cases of abuse. If you're in a, fa- and if you're in a family that there's abuse and you're all stuck in the same house, that could up the tension in the house, could cause the abuse to happen more. Or if you're isolated from people and you suffer depression, that could cause more problems. And yes, these are parts, these are aspects of this pandemic. Yes, they are. So I get to them here. I know the difficulties of isolation and loss of contact with loved ones. My parents are both in their 80s and their health isn't what it used to be. And it's been since March since I've been able to hug my mother. I know there is COVID fatigue, but if we as a country had acted quickly and followed the recommendations of of medical science, we may have been able to avoid much of this. And many of the more than 250,000 Americans who have died from this virus would still be here. 
I can still visit my parents. I wear a mask when I do so. But there are a quarter of a million families who cannot be with the people they lost to this pandemic. And many of them could not be with their dying loved ones in those last moments. Masks also give some protection to the person wearing them. Masks can cut down the amount of virus a person is exposed to. Science has shown that the amount of viral exposure can vary the severity of the illness. Less exposure, less severe. More exposure, more severe. However, there are other factors involved in the severity of a person's illness, general health, comorbidities, comorbidities etc. I can't help but think that had a certain leader of our country embraced masks instead of ridiculing them and saying he wouldn't wear one, many anti-maskers would happily be masking up, doing their part as patriots to protect their neighbors. Why I suspect that a certain leader, uh, if he had masked up and followed the distancing guidelines, he might have avoided catching the COVID himself. And then this friend also brought up the fact that uh, you know the masks uh, can lead to CO2 poisoning, carbon dioxide poisoning, or uh, 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 germ retention, which can cause lung damage. He alleged that. And I said, and no, CO2 poisoning is not a problem with wearing masks. There's a video that gives the science on wearing masks. I'll link to that on the show notes. It breaks the myths surrounding masks, including CO2 poisoning. The presenter wears six surgical masks at once, and his oxygen, oxygen levels are unaffected. Also, we have plenty of evidence that your claim of long-term lung damage from germs and CO2 due to extended mask wearing is false. That evidence is called surgeons. Surgeons wear masks for hours at a time, day after day. They have done so since the 1930s. There is no evidence that surgeons suffer from any kind of lung damage from wearing masks. And there is the hunter in the picture in the original post. So we have come full circle. That's it. These are the facts. You and your family got sick, but you were able to recover. Good. I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to get others sick. I'm going to follow the science. Once this pandemic is dealt with, when a vaccine is available, we will be able to take off our masks. Of course, when the vaccine is available, we'll have to convince the anti-vaxxers to get it. That's another battle for another day. Good luck. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Yep, so that is a battle for another day, although we do have good news on the front with the, with the vaccination, uh, with vaccines. There's a couple of them that are looking pretty promising, but we're still going to, it's going to take time. It's going to take time to get it out to everybody. So be patient, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay home, stay safe, and remember to sleep with the lights out. This is Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, Deadline Radio. Good night. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by 
Veolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>